Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Lancaster Thursday Gregson session. As Alec Pargeter made his way through Ambridge, he held his head high. He was the latest of a long line of men who had done so. Tall, angular, with a moustache as genteel as his manner, Alec was bred to feel not superior, he would never want to be that, but certain of his position. Like Lower Loxley, the house on higher ground he'd inherited along with fallen arches and self-confidence, his position was exalted. The house was stuffy with the log fires and candles demanded by Christmas, and he was taking a brisk turn around the village. His village, his wife called it. But Alec didn't put it like that. Hello, you're probably thinking, two dum-de-dums in one week. How lucky are you people? This is the mashup between the QuickBook Reviews podcast and Dum De Dum. You've heard Philippa on this week's episode, uh, me new pal, me new mucker. And as I said, uh, she's from the QuickBook Reviews podcast, which is the friend companion podcast to Dum De Dum. You've probably heard the adverts. She knows all about books. The Archers has a new book out. It's called Ambridge at War. Here's me talking to author Catherine Miller about how she got the gig and how she plotted this prequel to the world of Borsetshire before 1951. Just in time for Christmas, folks. If you're an Archers fan, there's a must-have for your stocking. It's uh, a new book called Ambridge at War. Now, we all know that Peggy's been in it 
since forever. But how did our Peggy even get to Ambridge? All those mysteries, all those secrets are uncovered with this new book, Ambridge at War. And I have Catherine Miller with me. Uh, Catherine, how are you? I am very well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Now, as far as hardcore Archers fans are concerned, this is a docudrama. So this is all just, just happening. But truth be known, it isn't just happening, is it? There, there are script writers. There are people that are pulling the strings of the various characters. Um, how did you get the gig of writing this book? Well, well, allegedly there are script writers. I mean, you know, you don't want to let daylight in on magic. But, um, well, it's all, it's all behind-the-scenes trickery. Um, I've always thought there should be a great series of books about the archers as opposed to kind of little spin-offs that just really tell the story of something that's already happened and my agent felt the same and my agent also represents the chap who edits the archers and so we were able to present it to the beeb and say look safe hands we respect it and love it we'll do a good job what do you think? And they finally agreed. It wasn't easy to get them to agree because anything you do with the archers affects the whole archers universe. So we had to we had to say we would take all the advice, we would do exactly what they wanted us to do, but we would have as well creative freedom. So it's it's a dream come true, really, to be allowed to stomp about in Ambridge and uh, affect it. It really is. Please tell me you're a hardcore Archers fan. I came to it late, but therefore I have the zeal of a convert. Um, I didn't grow up with it. Uh, my parents didn't listen to it. Heathens, I grew up amongst heathens. But um, I came to it in my 20s when I just realised there was this nugget sitting there every single day of slightly bonkers, really involving, really moving drama. And uh, I think anybody with a shred of taste is, is a hardcore artist. So many new faces about since the war began. Alec commanded respect in Ambridge. He was only keeping Lower Loxley warm for the parade of pargetists who would come after him. They were a still point in the whirring world. Alec believed that everyone liked it that way. Swerving by on his ancient bike, the postman dinged his bell at Alec. There was an impertinence to its cheerful noise. Whitey White seemed to approve of Alec's black eye. The vicar's wife was so startled by the bruises, she forgot to offer one of her mousy hellos. What year does your... I was going to call it revisionist history, but it's not. It, it's filling in the blanks, isn't it? Because we know there's canon from 1951. Uh, going forward so it's a case of we know fragmentary bits of characters storylines previous to that so tell us exactly how that was actually constructed how much did you have to were you told well uh this is kind of what we've said that's happened to a specific specific character and then how much could you then embellish and kind of add to and uh, invent well we start our story, the prequel, in 1939, so mm -hmm. the war is just starting. Um, and as you say, that's before the canon. But the canon consists of so much stuff. There is so much 
documentation. There's so many family trees. There's so many maps. There's changing maps. That's what I found fascinating. You know, there, there was a 1950s map of Borsetshire. Then you get the 1970s and you get all the, you know, the encroaching uh, building works and everything. And there, there's, there's lots of information about who lived where, in what cottage, right down to what state the cottage was in. There was one cottage I wanted to use one of my characters to live in and I was told, well, she'll have to do without an inside toilet. And I thought, no, she's not the type, I'll move her. Um, so there was an awful lot of um, what I felt to be lots and lots of structure, lots and lots of family trees that I could not cross. So occasionally I came across characters I want to play with and they would say, well, no, you can't. His grandfather was born out of the county or no, no, her family didn't come there till years later. So I had to respect all that. Um, but even within those parameters, the BBC never trod on my toes. They let me be very creative. They let me do things with characters. They didn't, they didn't try to sort of clip my wings about stuff. But we, we came to it thinking the big families are there. So the archers are there. Of course, Doris and Dan, the original archers at Brookfield, they were there. Um, and of course, there will be pargeters at Lower Loxley. So I had the huge job and the incredible fun of making up the pargeter who, who was alive then, basically Nigel's grandfather. And I've given him an illicit love affair. And uh, he's terribly stiff upper lip and he's marvellous and he's married slightly below him. So there's quite a bit of tension there. And I've given good old Doris, who, you know, we all know the photos of Doris, quite a square and doughty looking woman with a pinny on. I've given her quite a lot of her internal life because I think that's what the early drama didn't do. It, you know, dramas didn't used to be interested so much in psychology or people's real inner desires. And I've gone, I've dived deep into Doris the woman. Um, and I've given her some some struggles of her own without, I hope, fundamentally changing her. There were one or two worries and I had to talk to the team a lot about stuff to do around religion. We think about religion very differently now to the way they did in 1939. Um, extramarital affairs, I had to think very hard about how would people in such a tiny community in that day really react um, so the, there was a lot of there was a lot of soul searching to do and a lot of rules to be kept to. I had to not do anything which could knock up against something in the present, you know, create a baby somewhere who should by now be grown up but is missing kind of thing. So it was uh, it was it took a lot of editing, an awful lot of editing, a lot of editing. Kitty, passing him outside the village hall was somehow comical in her dead husband's old coat. Her slender neck sticking out of the outsized collar looked as if it might snap. Morning, said Alec, noticing how she decided not to stare. Her little girl, wearing two coats, one on top of the other, pointed. Ouch, she said. At the entrance to the bull, Alec paused. January was proving to be a scathing month, cold and relentless and the pub radiated warmth and sweaty humanity. He pushed at the door. And how long was it from the start of the project to you going, right, full draft, you've got it all done, it's all been approved, this is going to become, you know, part, to, part of Archer's canon before it even got published. So how long did that process take? Well, that would, think, I think, take longer if it wasn't for the very pressing fact of the big anniversary coming up, the 70-year anniversary. We thought if ever there was a time to publish... It would be around that. 
out. So mm. we found ourselves last Christmas having meetings one after the other with various big bods at the Beeb and conflicting things coming kind of like, no, we love it. Well, we're not sure. No, we've gone off it. No, we love it again. And actually the whole thing from us having the idea to the BBC rubber stumping it to a publisher saying, yes, please let us do it, uh, only took about three weeks. And I would say in normal circumstances, that take about six months. So it was really concertina because of the, the pressing deadline of the, the great big wonderful party. I hope we're all going to have next year. Because one thing I haven't actually asked you is, is this your first book? I'm presuming that it's not. No, it's not. You don't get handed a book like this as your first book. I've written many, I mean, what, 15, 16 romantic comedies under various pseudonyms. Um, I've got a nice, healthy little book writing career going parallel to this. But uh, yeah, everything screeched to a halt whilst I, <laughs> I immersed myself in 1930s Ambridge. <laughs> so so I, I'm presuming then that you've never done anything like this before, where you've had to take established characters and then, you know, fill, it, fill in the blanks. No, never. And I've also never written a period piece before. And, and I discovered that they give you an actual uh, period editor who is especially versed in your times scene. So I had a, a wartime editor who, you know, said to me, well, don't be silly, they didn't have this then, or, you know, what, no, that didn't cost two and six, because there's this, you know, that you, you don't know how cheap things were then. I didn't know if a house cost a hundred pounds or a thousand pounds. So there was a very steep learning curve. So no, I, I've never done it. And I have to say one way, really difficult, because you can't just stomp about but in another way very very helpful to the creative process because it gives you a feeling of this matters you know it really mattered that Alec Pargeter had a son the right age to be Nigel's father it really mattered that Doris Doris's life would pan out in the way that we know it did so it, it actually was quite bracing and very, very exciting Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The pub was full. 
all in funereal black, many of them Gabriels, most of them drunk. To John Joe, bellowed Walter, a better father no man ever had. He was maudlin, and his feet folded beneath him, making him lurch like a dresser about to topple. And, added a small old woman with not one tooth to call her own, the best blacksmith Ambridge ever knew. There were sombre nods at this. The last blacksmith Ambridge will ever know, thought Alec. I'm guessing by the sounds of it that your favourite character was Doris. Would well, I be correct? You wouldn't be wrong. I'll give you a politician's answer. Um, I liked writing her because I liked turning her into a 3D person who, although on the outside it was all patriotism and yes, dig for victory and we will win the war by rationing. Inside, she was a woman running a farmhouse and a family and she was doing it with, you know, she had to wave goodbye to her farmhands and she had to get these, you know, these guys just turned up, one of whom was straight from university and the other is a sort of shady character and had never worked on a farm before. So she's actually feeling quite resentful of all the things that the war is asking of her but of course at heart she's a she's a proper sort of super spiritual person and so she she finds it in herself but yeah i did i did like presenting doris as a woman and dan as someone she met and fell in love with and married as opposed to two kind of slightly humpty dumpty you know middle-aged people just rolling along together but uh, i mean there are other characters i brought in wonderful Dublin girl called Kitty who is far too pretty for Ambridge and basically upsets the apple carts in all sorts of ways and I really loved actually writing how the 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 higher class and the lower class have to get along during war they're pushed together more than they ever were because of course in those days those distinctions were very important much more than they are now and everyone kept to them so so yeah Doris is my favorite but it's it's a big field there's a a lot of favorites in it (laughs) Now, you have to remind us the name of the book again. It's Ambridge at War. There you go, folks. You heard it here first. Maybe you've heard about it on Twitter or all the bits of social media or even in the press. But you haven't had an interview. Oh, there you go. And you know what? It's all downhill from here. You know, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty good interviewer, aren't I? You know, I've given you, I've given you hard questions. I've really dug oh deep God. into your psyche. Your motivation has been, you know, laid bare for, for the viewers. Let me dry. I'll have to have a lie down now. Uh, I'm spent. <laughs> Ambridge at War. It's going to be a stocking filler for any Archers fans. Uh, oh, she was utterly lovely to talk to. Um, oh. Now you have actually read this, haven't you? And so this is the time where we turn this podcast into a kind of quick book reviews thing. Um, so uh, give us your lowdown. What are your hot takes? OK, well, first of all, this book comes out on Thursday, the 29th of October. Let's just get the basics first. It's out in hardback and um, you can get it in the US, but I believe it's just on ebook and audiobook to begin with. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's First of all, it's got a gorgeous cover. They say don't judge a book by its cover, but apparently we all do. In fact, in supermarkets, it only people only give 0.2 of a second 
nor is it. Yes, two seconds, I should say. People only give two seconds to judging whether they want to buy a book. So they look at the cover and make an immediate decision. And I think if you look at this cover, you would immediately want to be reading it. Um, it's set, as I say, the book, the, the book opens and the story starts. And you've got these immediate characters coming out. Walter Gabriel, you discover how Peggy started, arrived in the area. You've got somebody writing poison pen letters. Um, I think if you if you love the archers, you would love this book. I opened it and I, I just felt comfortable straight away. It is um, a more cosy read. So if you only like books with serial killers in, or if you like um, books with women who kidnap authors and, and break their legs, then this probably isn't for you. But if you if you just love the archers, and if you or if you know someone who loves the archers, and you're thinking of a, a Christmas present for them, maybe I think this is this is really good. It it is lovely. Um, as I say, it's a it's a cosy, easy read, but it's got a lot to it, and there's twists and turns. Uh, and it sets sort of um, midnight 90, as 1939 turns into 1940, and it's over that next 12 month period, and um, it's it's just joyful. I thought it was a it's a, a lovely book. Uh, well, there you go. Thanks. Utterly um, a, a thumbs up from our Philippa. The war, that grinding engine, would mechanise the forge and render the John Joe Gabriels of this world obsolete. In truth, the man had been an indifferent blacksmith, his main virtue being that he was local, and therefore handy. Irritable, surly, he was now sanctified by the act of dying. Because this is obviously a prequel, because the archers started in 1951, this starts in 1939. Does it just take in just the war period? And then if it does, could do you reckon she could squeeze in another one, uh, to like 1945 oh. to 1951? It's literally 12 months, so there's lots of capacity for them to write ah. more, and I, I believe that that is the plan. Um, and what I also love is that she's worked so closely with Radio 4, so it, it is very accurate. Um, I think if you're a loyal fan, you're not going to be there sniping, thinking, well, this isn't right and that isn't right. It's She's she's worked very closely uh, with the Beeb on this, and that and that reflects. As I say, if you're not into a sort of more cosy read, then it might not be for you. Um, but if if you love the Archers, then then I think why not? And if it's going to be one of a few, um, then then you've got Christmas presents for, for your Archers fan family members for for years to come. Oh, and can I say one other thing about it? Sorry, of course you um, can. The, the audiobook is uh, narrated by Patricia Hodge. Uh, if anybody's watched Miranda, she plays the part of Miranda's mother, that that adds just a whole nother layer of gorgeousness. A phenomenal narrator, and it's the right book for her to do. Six-year-old Nelson, the great man's grandson, was under Alec's feet as he pushed to the bar. Yes, Bob, just matches he said, as the landlord asked if that was all. As you wish, Mr P. Alec held the landlord's gaze, saw the question in his wince. Ah, yes, yeah, my glorious eye. My own fault. Walked straight into the damn stable door. That must hurt. Like the very blazes. Alec left matches in his pocket and a novel feeling in his chest. For the first time since his father died, and took his riding crop with him. Alec felt 
humiliated. Now, we actually have not one, not two, not three, not four, but 10 books to give away. Now, quite simply, all you have to do to get your uh, your little stocking filler is this. Uh, go on to dumdum.com. There is a page which is going to have some pitch around questions. If you were a fan and a devotee of the Friday Zooms, you'll know that every Friday Zoom had a pitch around. And um, I love putting them together. There are lots and lots and lots of fun. The first 10 correct answers to the pitch around questions on dumdydum.com will get themselves um, a book. So what you've got to do, go on to dumdydum.com, find Ambridge at War pitch around page, and then there's going to be three questions for you to answer. The first 10 correct answers will get a book sent to them by, uh, by the publishers. There you go. And you'll get them in time for Christmas. Don't say, go on. And can I say the book has a map? You would be very happy, Roy Field. The book has a map, which just adds to it. I think I might have to win one of those books then. Yes. And you'd love it. I wonder how I can do that. How how can you do that, Roy Field? Tell me how. Uh, I think I'll just put my name down as one of the winners of the quiz. (laughs) Oh, I but, thought you were going to come up with something really, really different there. But no, and also I should say is that there are um, minutes of the pageant planning committee in this book, and it they are hilarious how they're written and some of the things people say. We think the deliberations for the flower show these days are, are bad enough, but honestly, it's worth it. So I'd really recommend going to it going in for the competition and trying to win one of the books because they're great and beat Royfield to it do not let him get his copy Um, it has to be said just on that note there about the minutes from the meeting one of the lovely things uh, that Catherine actually said remember was the fact that she worked she sat down with an editor who specializes in um in basically that period of history mm. so so much of the nuance is going to be utterly spot on yeah. you know in terms of writing style and as you said in the interview prices etc so I, I i'm presuming that those minutes um that's where that editor who specializes in the in the 1930s 40s is going to really come into their own oh it really does you can see that the collaboration with them on that and it's it's spot on it's really good and dabby dozy so there you go folks two dumbly dums in one week don't say that you aren't spoilt here being a fan of dumbly dums planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.